Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Did you know that you are a masterpiece? You may say, yes, yes, that's just words. But the Bible says that God made you a work of art, a masterpiece. You're his handiwork, his workmanship. And that word translated handiwork, workmanship, masterpiece, work of art in Ephesians 2 verse 10 is the word poema, where we get our English word poem from. Have you ever read much poetry? I haven't read a lot, but I have studied it at different times in my life. And the thing that amazes me about poetry is the way that a person can distill emotions and pictures and thoughts and ideas into a few words which are so beautiful and powerful that have rhythm in the way that they're put together. They have rhyme. They evoke emotions and pictures with just a few words. A picture is a poem without words, Horace said. And we could put that the other way around and say, a poem is a picture with words. Another quote is by Robert Frost. He says, poetry is when an emotion has found its thought and the thought has found words. So the Bible says you are his handiwork, his work of art, his masterpiece, his workmanship, his poema. Let me read you Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. God, the great artist, the great creator who made the universe, who painted nature and the stars and the galaxies and the color spectrum and everything. He made you his handiwork and you were the pinnacle of his creation. Human beings were the last thing that he made. For we are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, his work of art, his poem, his poema, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In this short introduction to the idea of poema, I'm going to just give you a little bit of background as to how we are made by this amazing artist God. And then we're going to look at our passions. We're going to use the letters of the word poema. It's a Greek word in the New Testament and it has five letters and we're going to use the English letters P-O-E-M-A. P stands for passion. We're going to try and find out how God has made us so amazingly by discovering the passions and the desires that he's put within us. O stands for the opportunities that he's opened up for us to do things for him because it says he's prepared good works in advance for us to do. E stands for our experiences because it's not just how he made us in the womb. All of our experiences God can use and fashion to make us a beautiful, emotion-filled poem. And then M stands for makeup, those gifts that he's put within us, those motivations within us to do certain things in certain ways. 
And A stands for anointing, where God puts his power upon us. When we give our lives to him, he puts extra power on us. And all those natural abilities, all those natural experiences and different parts of our lives get supercharged by his power. So let me start by just talking about us as his handiwork. Psalm 139 in the Old Testament, David is writing and he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Um, it's, it's a beautiful picture of God knitting us together. He's creating not just our body, but our inmost being as well. Your emotions, your mind, your, your temperament, and your physical characteristics. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you say that today? Can you say, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made made. You are a masterpiece. You know, sometimes we think that that's arrogant to say that, but when we are agreeing with God's word, the creator himself, when he says he made you wonderfully, it's a fearful, awesome, amazing machine that you are a work of art. When we say that we are agreeing with God, and I hope that you can say that today. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am unique. I'm not just one of seven billion. I'm not like anyone else. I am unique and God made me for a purpose. I'm a work of art, a poema. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God, I look at the way you've made me, my strengths and weaknesses, my abilities, my temperament, my physical attributes. And I say, you are wonderful. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. That's talking about even before you were conceived, God was thinking of you in the secret place and designing and planning and dreaming of you. And he saw the elements that would become your body, even when they were in the earth, still buried in the ground, magnesium, calcium, iron, whatever it is. And he was dreaming of you. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. God saw you in advance. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God wrote a book about you before you were made, before he'd even created you. He wrote a book of all the amazing things he was going to put in you, the way he wanted to use you, the works that he was preparing in advance for you to do. And he wrote them down as a plan for your life. Now, if you're like me, immediately there is a pang of regret where you say, ah, oh, but I can remember just today times that I've gone off what God wanted me to do. And what about all the hundred times yesterday and the thousands of times in the past that I've gone off track. Surely I've missed the boat. Surely I've broken this beautiful masterpiece picture that God designed for me. And the amazing news, my dear friend, which we're going to see in the talks and the, and the lessons to come, is that God can take broken things and work all things together for good and recreate you as his masterpiece and put you back in the middle of his plan and say where you are now is now the beginning of plan A 
for your life, a good plan. Romans 12 verse 2 says that God's plans for you are good, pleasing, and perfect. He has a good plan for you, even if you've gone astray. And that's why it says we are His handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works. It's when we give our lives back to God, we say, God, you made me at first. I went off track, but you've bought me back and I give myself back to you. And he changes and works us together to become the masterpiece that he wants us to be. When we're in Christ Jesus, you give your life back to him. You say, Lord, forgive me and use me. He says, now I can remake you and use you again. So we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus. And then it says for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. There are so many good things God has for you. But before we get to the good things, we need to understand his love for us, that he accepts us, that he loves us as we are, that he's made a plan for us to be forgiven and restored. And so, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you again today. I want to thank you for loving me, for making me, but also for dying for me so that I could be forgiven and restored. And I ask you to put me back in your plan and to help me to live the rest of my days according to your will. In Jesus' name. So the first part of our poema course is passion. We're going to look at passion, and and this speaks about the desires that God has put within you and within me. We've said that He has made us His handiwork, His work of art, His, His beautiful poem for a reason, and part of that is the passion within us. Have you ever read a poem and you've understood the passion or the emotion that was behind that poem? Every single poem is full of emotion. Robert Frost said, poetry is when an emotion has found its thought and the thought has found words. Passion. There's a poem by Helen Hunt Jackson. She says, be to the blossom, moth to the flame, each to his passion, what's in a name. There is passion that drives us. You may not admit this, but I want to tell you that it's your passion that drives you. You may be told you have to do certain things or avoid certain things. You may be in an environment where you are are given instructions and you have to follow them. But I want to say that it's your passion that will always win out. You can follow instructions to a certain point and to a certain degree, but what's inside you, what you love, what you want to do is the thing that you will eventually do even if the rules tell you not to. And so in the whole of the Old Testament, God gave the people of Israel rules to follow, but their hearts were not changed. And in the New Testament, he says, I'm going to give them a new heart. I'm going to move them to want to obey me. Listen to this verse from Philippians 2 verse 13 in the New Living Translation. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Did you hear that? God is working in you. If you've given your life to him, he is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So what is your passion? Listen to this 
quotes, nothing great in the world has ever been accomplished without passion. George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel said that nothing in the world has ever been achieved without passion. And Mark Antony said, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's passion that drives us as human beings. Passion is the thing that makes us do certain things and avoid certain other things. And God has made a way to change our passions, to change our desires. Let me read you that verse again from Philippians 2. For God is working in you. His power is in you. His spirit is in you. His desire and, and his emotion and his passion is in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So before we go on, can I challenge you? You may have thought that religion or Christianity was about following a set of rules and forcing yourself to live a certain way. And actually, the message of the Bible, the message of Jesus and the message of the New Testament is that God wants to change your desires. He wants to give you his passion, his desires. You know, enthusiasm is the thing that makes certain people successful. Walter Chrysler said the real secret of success is enthusiasm. It's that passion. It's not just being a person who follows the rules and does what you're supposed to do. It's having an enthusiasm from God. And that word enthusiasm comes from two words, en meaning in and theos meaning God. Enthusiasm is that passion that God gives us. So how do we get this passion? Psalm 37 verse 4, David writing says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And so the first thing we need to do is say, God, I want to delight myself in you. When I love God, when I love who he is, what he's done, how amazing he is, how consistent he is, how perfect and beautiful he is, when I delight myself in God and I, I just rejoice in him, what happens is the desires in my heart change and he gives me his desires. Philippians 2, we read, he's, it says he puts the desire and the power in us to do what pleases him. When I delight myself in the Lord, he gives me the desires of my heart. There's an amazing story in 1 Chronicles 17, King David, the same David who wrote this psalm, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. David wanted to build a temple for God. And so in 1 Chronicles 17, it says, now it came to pass when David was dwelling in his house, that he said to Nathan the prophet, see now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. David had a desire in his heart. There was something within him, burning within him, that poema, that poem of God. There was something in him that wanted to build a temple for God, wanted to make God's name great, wanted to honor God and put God before himself. He said, look, I'm living in a house. I need to put God first. And that desire came from God. When you delight yourself in the Lord, we know that David delighted in the Lord earlier on when he was bringing God's ark, God's, uh, the, the presence of God was in the ark of the covenant. When he was bringing it into Jerusalem, he was dancing with all his might and spinning around. He delighted in God. He loved God so much. You read the Psalms and you see how 
David found solace and so much joy in God and who God is. When you delight yourself in the Lord, God gives you the desires of your heart and you find yourself wanting to do things. So David goes to Nathan the prophet. He says, I have this desire to build a temple for God. And Nathan said, verse 2, do all that is in your heart for God is with you. You see, we have been conditioned to think religion and Christianity is following rules, but actually it's getting my desires changed, my passions changed and saying, God, what do you want? And often what is in your heart is from God. This message from Nathan the prophet, do what is in your heart because God is with you, is often true. If you are a Christian, if you love God, if you've given your life to him, he says, I've put those desires in you. What is it that you want to do? What excites you? What motivates you? Now, David went on to not build the temple. It was his son that built it because he needed some guidance from God. And and that's what happens in the verses following. But that initial desire was correct for God to have a, a, a place of honor and glory. And God put it in David's heart. And so we're going to, first of all, just say, God, I delight myself in you. But then secondly, we need to say, if I am God's poem, God's poem or God's masterpiece, what are the passions that he has put within me? And so we've designed a course, a poem, a course. You can find it online and it helps you by guiding you through some questions and leading you through some teachings to find out where your place is, because you are unique. Just as you have your own fingerprint, your own eye pattern, your own voice, the shape of your ear, everything about you is unique. There's no one else like you. God has a plan for you. And so we're going to help you find that by finding the mix of your passions, your opportunities, etc. And how do I find out what my passions are? I read you a quote by Mark Antony. He said, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I believe so many people are doing jobs which they don't love just to earn money. But if we could find what we really are passionate about, what God has put within us, those things that we love, A, it won't feel like work, but B, we'll do a better job. We'll be good at it. And if Christians could be motivated by God's passion, this desire and power to do what pleases God that the Bible tells us he's put within us. If we could be motivated by that passion, that fire within us, we would change the world. Paul the Apostle in Colossians 1 says, For this I toil, and he was talking about his ministry. You know, Paul worked so hard and sacrificed so much, but he loved it. He did it with joy. He says, For this I toil, struggling with all of his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Paul was motivated by a passion and a desire to do what God wants. Christian, how's your passion level? How's your desire level? Stop trying to suppress your desires and rather get them changed to be God's desires and then follow them and live them with power and excitement. So how do I find what my passions are? Well, in the course, we ask a few questions and we We try to guide you to find out what you're passionate about. Let me ask you a few of these questions now, and you can start thinking about them. What issues or causes make you angry, emotional, or excited? When you read about something or hear about something, uh, when you 
get told that there's something happening or something hasn't happened? What makes you emotional? What makes you excited? What makes you even angry? Because often that is a passion that God has put within us. You know, passion can express itself in a longing for something, but it can also express itself in an anger against something that's wrong. And the Bible says in the New Testament and the Old Testament that God has zeal or passion. It talks about Jesus and it says, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus had a passion for God's house. And that meant that he built God's people into a house, but also when the temple was being used for the wrong things, when people were buying and selling and, and doing money changing and they were using God's temple as a shop, Jesus went in and he whipped things out of the way. He turned tables over. He drove people out. Uh, he released the doves and the animals that were being sold. He came in with anger, with passion, with zeal. And so the first question is, what motivates you emotionally? What makes you angry? What makes you excited? What do you get emotional about? When you're watching a movie, what are the themes that really move you? We're trying to find what is the passion God has put within you. Second question, what would you spend your time doing even if you were never paid for it? If somebody said you never have to work another day in your life, your money is taken care of, all your needs, you don't have to worry about money, what would you spend your days doing? What are the things that motivate you, not because you have to get paid and get a paycheck? What are those things that move you? Because that is a sign of the passion that God has put within you. It could be that you just love doing a certain thing, playing music or, or writing books or, or designing things or fixing things. It could be that you love doing something or it could be that you are passionate about fixing a wrong that you see around you. And often our experiences of the past inform that when people have been through a tragedy or a trauma or they've experienced something bad in their lives and they've come through it, often they have a passion to help others who are going through similar things. So the second question, what would you spend your time doing even if you weren't going to be paid for it? And you can see that in your own spare time. If you do things as hobbies and interests without being paid for it, or perhaps if you just sat there and you thought, if money was not an issue, what would I do with my time? That is a guideline of what your passion is. What type of people do you want to help or what issues or problems do you want to see solved or addressed? Is your heart drawn to certain types of people or needy people or problems that you want to see addressed? Or maybe it's animals or the environment, whatever it is. What is it that you're drawn towards? And then lastly, what do you spend your free time uh, thinking about, learning about, dreaming about? What kind of films, books, what, what things do you spend your free time learning about? These are all the things that may inform you as to what your passions are. And my last point on this is that we need to give our passions back to God. Do you remember what David wrote in Psalm 37? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We need to daily say, God, I want your passions. I want you to give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. I give my desires to you because we live in a world that has gone off track. And so even passions that God gave us can be 
wrongly twisted to be used for the wrong things. And so we need to say, God, I give you my passions. My friend, will you pray with me today? Will you pray, Lord Jesus, I want to see and know and develop this poem, this masterpiece, this poema that you've made me to be. Lord, I thank you that you made me and designed me for good works, which you've prepared in advance for me to do. I give my life to you. I thank you for forgiving me for going off track. And I thank you, Lord, that you put new desires, new passions within me. And Lord, now I want to study your word. I want to get to know your thoughts and your heart so that I can fashion my desires in line with what you want for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends at leadinglightsnetwork.com, we have a website. We also have a, a group of people, many of whom have started churches or ministries. And our desire is to help you develop as a Christian, but then find those good works that God has prepared for you to do. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for you. We want to help you. Please get in touch with us. You can email us or register on our website. If you sign up for our newsletter, we'll send you a weekly email with some videos. And then we're always available to pray for you, to help you, to answer questions, to guide you. God is working in these last days, and we are praying that you would develop and become all that God has designed for you to be. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.